0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pena, and I'm bringing you today's word for April 28th, 2022. So I'm teaching a series right now. It just started a few days ago called God's Grace and Our Faith. Everything God does for us, he does it by grace. It is unearned, unmerited, undeserved. Everything we do towards God in response to God's grace, we do it by faith. And, And so faith begins where the will of God is known. He reveals things to us that he already planned for us, from the foundations of the world, we set our faith in agreement. We receive faith is something you say. Faith is an act or, or an action that you take, something you do or see that you sow based on what you believe God revealed to you about your future. It is future to you. It's past to him. For him, it's already done. For us, it's only a matter of time. And so now we're living by faith and we're tapping into God's grace. So we're living by faith, but we're living the grace life. And that's what I teach. So God's grace and our faith. This is actually part four of this new series. This is faith works by love. Your faith is going to be strong when you are convinced that God loves you. Faith works by love, part three. Open your heart to receive the word. so let's get into the word for this morning. So faith works by love, part three. We've been looking at John chapter one, verses 14 and 17, and then Galatians five and six. Let's go back and, and get those down in your heart real quick. And then we'll get into the word. So John chapter one and 14, the Bible says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Now we were able to behold his glory. It was the glory of the only begotten of the father who came from the father full of grace and truth. Verse 17 says the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. In Galatians 5 and 6, the Bible says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth anything. The only thing that matters now is faith, and faith works by love. So what does this mean for you today? You're like, man, Rick, you're teaching on this again. Yeah, I got (laughs) it. You know me, I take my time. Sometimes you don't get it. I'm building my case. All right, so I have three things I'm going to share with you on this morning. And uh, as I give you these three things, this is where I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions three things number 1 here we go number 1 don't disconnect yourself from your emotions to the point where you're trying to walk with God in a cold-hearted way so let me explain please don't disconnect yourself from your emotions to the point where you're walking with God in some type of cold-hearted way for years many preachers that I know myself included I'm guilty have preached against emotions like I've even told people stop being emotional you too emotional don't don't allow You know your emotions to rule you, you have to rule over your emotions. And I got it. And I still believe that, by the way, like you shouldn't allow your emotions to rule you. You got to rule over your emotions. But but if we're not careful, we could lead people to temper their emotions to the point where they try to walk with God with their heads and not their hearts. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous. So God is a God of the heart. And so this is why I believe a lot of Christians today, and those of us that were taught, you know, to live by faith a certain way, They try to do things in faith, but they wind up doing it in the head and not in their heart. And so like if you're making, let's say, a declaration of faith or standing on some scriptures and decreeing and declaring the word of God over you and your life and your family, if you're doing that and you're stating it more as a matter of like stating a fact, it's almost like quoting a stat, like I'm quoting scripture. And if you're quoting scripture like you're quoting statistics or something, and, and it's a matter of your head and not in a matter of your heart, then you're not really in faith. You're not really setting your faith in agreement with God in your heart. This kind of cold-blooded, mind-centered faith is not faith at all. It's, it's void of power because it's more of a head acknowledgement than a heart agreement. Let me say that again. So a lot of us were taught, hey, get up in the morning, get your scriptures Declare your scriptures, say this over you, you know, and I did all that. Like, I've been through that. Like, I, you know, I've been there, done that, got the t shirt. But if you do it as a matter of your head and not a matter of your heart, if you do it as mental assent or head acknowledgement and not heart submission, then there's no power in that. The, The power has to come when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, right? And so, so your mouth and your heart both have to be there. So if you're just saying stuff, but you're not believing it, then you're not. there's no power in it. At the end of today's word, I say, hey, repeat after me. If you repeat after me, but you're saying it, but your heart is not in it, there's no power in it. Nothing is happening. But when you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, Romans 10, 9 and 10, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Oh, he says, okay, now you shall be born again. For with your heart, you believe, and with your mouth, you declare. So you, you confess. So with my mouth, I'm setting my faith in agreement with God, but with my heart, I'm believing. And so, so it's not just mental assent. It's not cold-blooded. No, I am actually connecting with God with my heart. So for it to be true faith, it has to involve your heart and it has to involve God's heart. So not only does it have to involve my heart, but God's heart has to be in it too, which is the next point that I'm going to explain. So when I know that God's heart is in it, and now I put my heart in it, and so it's my heart and God's heart. And yeah, now I'm making a declaration. or I, I, I'm setting my faith in agreement, but my heart is in it because I know God's heart is in it. And my heart and God's heart are connected. Now that's faith. And then, yes, it, it, at that point, God may lead me to do all kinds of things and things that I maybe even don't want to do, which is uh, I'm going to address in my third point. So let me say something in the second point. The second point is really important. You understand the first one, though, right? Don't be, cold. don't don't temper your emotions to the point where you're just serving God with your head and not with your heart. It has to be more than mental assent. It has to be heart agreement. Got it? All right. Number two, the object of our faith must originate in God's heart and not our own. So this is a really important one, right? So we've been talking about how faith works and, and, and faith works by love, um, but I've been talking about how faith works more as a matter of getting a functional understanding of faith but I haven't been talking about the target of your faith or the object of your of your faith. So I will talk about that in this point. So faith is not about you, and you've probably heard me say this before, faith is not about you coming up with something, like the object of your faith, and then releasing your faith for God to bring it to pass. Because the problem with it is that you came up with it. So if you came up with something in your heart and it wasn't birthed in God's heart, and now you're like, I'm going to set my faith in agreement. I'm going to decree. I'm going to declare. I'm going to grab two or three scriptures because the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every thought be established. And so I'm going to grab this scripture. I'm going to grab this scripture. I'm going to grab this scripture. And now I'm going to stand and I'm going to decree and I'm going to declare. And I'm a, but you're doing all of that with something that, that was birthed in your heart and not God's heart. The problem with that is that that's not faith. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith, faith begins. So, so what that is, is hoping and wishing. You're just a hoping and a wishing. So I hope God will give this to me. I hope, I wish God would do this. Why? Because the only, the reason why you just hope and wish and you're not really in faith is because you came up with it. You came up with it and God God didn't come up with it. And so now you came up with something and you're presenting it to God. Now you're making a petition, that's fine. God can say yes. God can say, oh yeah, that's actually something I want for you to have. But if you're doing it because you came up with it, then you're just hoping and wishing. It's not faith until you know that God said it. Faith has to be connected to a promise. Faith has, has to be, if if I if you were to say to me, hey, Rick, can you come to my house on Saturday? I got this event Saturday morning at 9 a.m. and I need you to help me out. And I go, mm, I don't know, man, Saturday stuff. I got a lot of stuff on my calendar, but I'm going to see. Since I didn't give you a promise, the best you could do is that I hope, you can hope or wish that I show up, but you can't have faith that I'm going to show up because I didn't say I was going to show up. Now, if I say, oh yeah, I will be there, and I gave you my word, once I gave you my word, now you can have faith that I'm going to show up. But here's the thing, your faith is going to be contingent upon my character, my track record. So so you're like, okay, well, now I can have faith that Rick will show up because Rick said he's going to show up. But then you start to consider the source. You start to consider my character, my track record. So he said it. Does that mean he's going to do it? Does he have a proven track record of always doing what he said? Okay. Well, Rick, yeah. And then track record. Does he, maybe some people is like, oh yeah, if they tell you they will be there, but they're not going to be there nine o'clock. Like they have already proven to you that if they say they're coming, they're coming, but they won't be on time. And so you will have faith that they're coming, but you you won't have faith that they're going to be there on time. So faith is contingent upon who said it, and then their character and their track record. Come on now. God is not a man that he should lie and neither is he the son of man that he, that he should repent. Numbers 23, and 19. If God said that he shall perform it. If God said that he would declare it a gift, he will make it good. So we can have faith in God's character, his track record. His track record is perfect. His character is flawless, but we can't have faith until we know what he said or he promised towards us. If it came up in our heart and not in his, then all we could do is hope and wish and pray. You got it? Okay. So faith is not about you trying to get God to put a yes on your plans. Faith is about God trying to get you to put a yes on his plans. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So faith has to originate in God's heart and not your heart. So faith is about acknowledging the fact that God made plans for you from the foundations of the world and then seeking to discover what those plans are. And then once you discover what those plans are, then doing, providing corresponding action. Faith is something you say, do, or so based on what you believe God revealed to you that is future to you, but past to him. And so now I'm providing corresponding action, but I'm only providing the corresponding action based on what I believe that he revealed to me that is his will. So I'm having faith because it's his will. And when I provide that corresponding action, sometimes I have to do it at the risk of looking foolish because faith doesn't make sense. So God will lead me to do something that doesn't make sense. And so I will go out there and do it, but I'm not trying to get God to agree with my will. God is actually trying to get me to agree with his. And so now it's connected to his heart. It's not connected to my heart. And so so my heart is now in it because his heart is in it. But it didn't start with me. It didn't originate with me. It originated with him say amen to that. So if you can understand this, then let me add something that last night I was at uh, Victory Christian Ministries International Woodbridge, my church, and uh, Reverend Samuel Rodriguez, Sam Rodriguez was preaching last night. And he made a statement that, of course, I understand the point, but I never heard it like phrased this way. He said, you might want to put this in the chat. He said, the moment it becomes impossible, it officially belongs to God. He said, the moment it, whatever the it is, becomes impossible. It officially belongs to God. Once it becomes impossible, it's no longer on you anymore because it's impossible. So so it officially belongs to God. Come on now. And so when he said that, listen, uh, like I said, I understand the point. I just never heard it stated that way. But we serve a God who specializes in impossibilities. Why am I making the point and driving it home that it has to begin in God's heart and not yours? Because our God specializes in impossibilities. So the moment that it becomes impossible, at that point, it officially belongs to God. So let me explain. God's natural state is far above the limits of this world. God's natural state, his normal is our impossible because God is not connected to the things of this world. So God is not connected to the limits of this world. God is not limited by time or space. And so, so because God is not limited by time or space, his normal Is our impossible. And right, so so when God speaks to us, come on now, now I feel like preaching, I'm going to try to hold this thing. But when God speaks to us, the reason why our faith has to be rooted and grounded in God's heart and not our own is because at the moment God speaks to us, he's not bound to the limits of this world. So he will speak to us things that we could never do without him. And that leaves us no other recourse, but faith. Let me explain that when God speaks to us at that point, we have no other recourse, but to provide faith because we could never do it without him. And so, so his normal is our impossible. And so the only thing we can do is have faith because we can't do it without him. So if God tells us to do something that we can easily do then the answer is not faith, but compliance or obedience. Let me slow down, make sure I teach this point. Who? glory to God. If God tells you to do something that you can do right now, like it's 718 East Coast time. If God tells you to do something right now that you can do by 8 a.m., then you don't need faith. You need obedience. <laughs> that's not faith, that's compliance, right? But when God speaks to you about something that's normal to his realm, which is impossible in this realm. So at that point, the only thing you can provide is faith because you can't do it anyway. And so now what you have to do is you have to provide faith because he told you to do something that exceeds your power, your ability, your strength. You don't have the qualifications for it. You don't have the education. You don't have the experience. You don't have the money. And so now all you can do is believe God. And so now I'm providing faith. And once I provide faith at that point, boom, I tap into God's grace. And when I tap into God's grace, God's Super gets on my natural, and God empowers me to do what I could never do without him, and now I'm able to bring it to pass, but I'm not the one that's doing it. It is the Lord doing it through me. It is by the grace of God that I am what I am. I'm not even the one doing it. I worked harder than all the other apostles, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and 10, but then again, it wasn't even me. It was the grace of God, and so now I'm doing things that I can't do. I'm doing things that exceed me. I'm doing things that are beyond my limits, but I'm doing it, but I'm not the one that's doing it. It's the grace of God, so when God speaks to me, I can't do it. The only thing I can do is have faith, and now I have faith that taps into God's grace, and once God's grace comes, the grace now I'm able to do what I could not do without him. Grace is an empowerment to do what I could not do without him. And so the object of our faith must originate in God's heart, not our heart, because here's another point. If we come up with it, look at me. If you come up with it, it will be too small for God. But when God comes up with it, it will be too big for you. And so, so therefore uh, you have to have faith. And when, when God comes up with something, it is going to be bigger than you. You It requires you to have faith. Now, if you come up with it, it's going to be too small for God and it's going to be a hoping and a wishing and a praying. You got it? So if you can understand everything I just said, now let me close with this this point, with this statement. God's promises are so big. This is why faith works by love. God's promises are so big, faith works by love, that if you don't have your faith rooted and grounded in God's love, And the fact that, you know what, I'm going to have faith only because God loves me with an unconditional love. If your faith is not rooted and grounded in God's love, then you won't believe big enough or long enough. You can't. You won't. You won't believe big enough. You won't believe long enough to see it come to pass because if inevitably, if your faith is rooted and grounded in you and not the love of God towards you, you're going to make a mistake. You're going, to, you're going to do something wrong. Your performance is not going to be perfect. And you're going to stop. And you're going to have a faith failure. And you're going to stop believing because the devil is going to tell you you disqualified yourself. And you're going to feel like you're not worthy. And you're just going to stop believing. But if your faith is rooted and grounded in God's love and faith works by love, and I know that, you know what? God only wants to do it. God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good. And so now, okay, okay forget it. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to believe big enough. I'm going to believe long enough to see it come to pass because my faith is rooted and grounded in this simple fact. God loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know (laughs) for the Bible tells me so, right? And so God loves me and God loves me with an unconditional love. And because he loves me, he wants to bless me so I can believe on that level and I can believe long enough to see it come to pass because my faith is rooted and grounded in God's love for me. Say amen to that. Amen. Karen, you get the notes if you get the email. And so, all right, you ready? Last point for today. Let me close this thing out. Glory to God. And so this last point is somewhat of a, a personal testimony. So faith requires dying to your will. And so in this point, I'm going to get a little bit personal. Um, so let me let me just use my life, Isabella's life, as an example. <laughs> And Isabella's watching up right now. And she's probably saying, my my wife tells me all the time, babe, you should probably talk to me first before you be putting our business out there. And so my my family knows. I use everybody as an example in the family. The kids don't like it. All right. But let me just use Isabella and I as an example. Living the life of faith uh, means that God has to be your Lord. Now, let me say this. There are some people that have accepted Jesus as Savior. They're born again. But they haven't really made Jesus Lord. Lord means God's in charge and you're not. Lord means, and either he is the Lord of all, he's not the Lord at all. So let me explain. Lord means he's on the throne and you're on the cross. He's the one that's making decisions and his decisions overrule mine. And so at the end of the day, I'm the one that's on the cross dying to self and he's the one that's on the throne ruling in my life. And so Lord means he's in charge and I'm not. You got it, all right? So there's some people that have Jesus as savior, but not Lord. He needs to be the Lord of your life. And so I gave my life to Christ when I was 23 years old. And now the way that I live, Jesus is my Lord. That means he reigns supreme. And so even after being born again, there were some things that Isabella and I wanted that we actually asked God for, released our faith for, sowed seed toward, made declarations of faith, stood on scriptures, all of that. We did all of that. And then God revealed to us that these were things that were birthed in our heart and not his. And so we had to learn to accept that. We had to learn to accept that, you know what, babe, we missed it. It wasn't that God said no or like, you know, God said you can't have it. It's just that we should not have ever asked for it in the first place. We missed it because we were we were asking for things that were basically selfish. And, and, and I'm not talking about bad things. I'm talking about good things. It could be a good thing and not be a God thing for you. Let me say that again. Your your neighbor in in church or your sister or your your brother, they they could give a testimony and it may be amazing. And you say, oh, I want that God. And it could be a good thing, but maybe it's not a God thing for you. If it's not part of your purpose, it's just not part of your purpose. And so you can't make God give you something that's not yours to have. So truly living by faith means you have to accept God's will over your own. He's Lord. Lord means he's in charge. So Isabella and I, had to learn how to accept God's plans over our plans, even when it was painful. Living by faith means that you're dying to sell. Faith is about submission. Faith is about surrender. Faith is about accepting and believing God's will and pursuing God's will, even above your own will and your own selfish desires. Now, I'm not complaining. Isabella and I are super duper blessed. Like, we're super blessed. So I'm not complaining. But my point is that the life that I live right now in this moment, 2022, this is not the life that Isabella and I envisioned. Now, it's way better than the life that we envisioned, but I'm just being honest with you that it's not the life that we envisioned. So there are things that we wanted that God said no. Like, we didn't want to live in Virginia. Like, I, I'll just share that with you right now. Like, God, this is where we're, God said, no, this is where you're going to be, and this is what you're going to do. That's not what we wanted. We We wanted to go to Florida. And so, so, and other things, I I don't want to, you know, expose too much, but bottom line is there's a lot of things that we wanted that God revealed to me that, and it wasn't like there were bad things. It's just like, God was like, no, you, you, you missed it. That you were, that's something you came up with, not something I came up with. So for us, here's the point of faith works by love. Let me, let me put a bow on this thing. Here's the point I'm making about faith works by love. For Isabella and I to give up things that we really, really wanted, <laughs> For for Isabel and I to come together and say, you know what? Yeah, God said, you know, we're we're off course on this, and we have to stop. Like we have to stop asking for it. We have to give it up. We have to accept. We have to we have to set our it. And watch this to do it ungrudgingly, to to do it enthusiastically, and to do it wholeheartedly. To be able to say, okay, well, God said no to this, but God said this is what we got to do. And then to do that thing, but not doing it with 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 a bo- poor attitude, right? But, but doing what God leads you to do, but doing it with a smile on your face and your heart is really in it. And say, instead of saying, oh, well, this, uh, you know, no, no. Hey, babe, guess what? This this was not it. We missed God on that one. But God says this, I don't know what God is going to do, but man, is going to be good. Why? Because faith works by love. And so so now my faith is rooted and grounded in the love of God. And so now I'm not doing it begrudgingly. I'm not doing it out of necessity. Matter of fact, God told Isabella to start a business. Okay, she's a CEO. She's running a business. There are moments. Come on now, if you run a business, there are moments you don't want to do that thing. There, there are moments where you're like, but God, no, God said do this. And so we got to do it. And we can't do it begrudgingly. We can't do it with with, with our face looking like we've been sucking on lemons. No, our heart has to be in it because God's heart is in it. And so when God's heart is in it, your heart needs to be in it. Faith works by love. Now, i got to know that my faith is rooted and grounded in this fact. God loves me with an everlasting love. And so the only reason why Isabella and I can give up our plans for God's plans is because because I know that he loves me. We know, we are convinced that God loves us. And because he loves us, guess what? We can put his plans over our plans. He's never going to hurt us. He has our best interest in heart. We're able to willingly give up and whatever, oh my God, I feel like preaching now, and whatever we give up, whatever, look at me, whatever you give up for God and it was something you really wanted, but you give it up and you willingly give it up for God and you don't do it begrudgingly and you you do it with your heart in it. Whatever you give up for God is going to become a seed. And God will see to it that you reap a harvest. And so when people ask us and God says, go this way, and we start walking that way, and God hasn't given us all the answers yet, and God hasn't given us all the revelation yet, and people say, well, what, what are you doing now? What is this? When is that going to happen? I said, I don't know. When is this going to happen? I don't know. But what I do know is this, it's going to be good. Well, how do you know that? Because God loves me. Come on now. The reason why, listen, if God hasn't told me how, what the end is going to be, if, if I don't know, if he hasn't given me the revelation of it yet, I don't know what it's going to be, but I do know this: it's going to be good because God will never hurt me. God will never leave me. God will never forsake me. God will never turn His back on me. And He's not doing anything to hurt me. He's, he's not trying to take something from me. He's trying to get something to me. Come on, now. He's not trying to take something from me. He's trying to get something to me. What is He trying to get to me? The will of God, His love, His will, the things that He planned for me from the foundations of the world. And so I have to be open to that. I have to be open to whatever God wants, however God wants to do it. And what God says, Hey, go here. Let's do it. Uh, Hey, God says, go, go. God is opening new doors for Isabella and I. And every time we yield to God and we say, God, man, we got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, You know, I will be okay with doing less. God gives us more. We we try to get God to come down. And instead of giving us less challenge, God gives us more grace. And God says, no, my grace is sufficient for thee. (laughs) Oh, glory. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. You're saying you think you can't? Good stop trying. I don't want you to do it. I want to do it through you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness where you can't, I can. And if you would yield to me, I'll give you the grace to do more. And so now it's the grace life. I'm living the grace life because I'm doing what God leads me to do. How am I doing it? By faith. Why am I doing it? Because I know he loves me because I know that I'm convinced that God loves me. That's it. And so if God tells me, no, don't do this, do that. Okay, cool. What's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen, but I know it's going to be good. Why? Because I'm convinced that God God is not going to hurt me. God is not trying to take something from me. God is trying to get something to me. What is it? It's his will that he planned from the foundations of the world. That's enough for today, my God. Uh, This is a message, right? I'm telling you right now, you might need to listen. You should listen to this again. Get this down in your heart. It's the grace life. All right, let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life and speak it and believe what you're saying. You got it? Here we go. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about your love and grace. I am convinced that you love me. The revelation of your love for me has changed me from the inside out. I am your son or daughter. You love me just like you love Jesus. You love me with an everlasting love. Now, I did nothing to get you to start loving me. And nothing I do will ever make you stop. You love me because you are good, not because I am. You love me with every part of your being. I accept your love. I believe your love. I embrace your love. And I become your love. And with this type of love in my heart, I live by faith. I will do whatever you tell me to do. I will go wherever you tell me to go, even when it means I have to give up something I wanted, simply because I know, I am convinced that you love me. My faith works by love. Therefore, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith, in Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and if you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, and then uh, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I need you to do me a favor, two things. Number one, leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. If you like this content and you want more private content to be able to ask us questions and see things that we're not going to put on social media, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. Watch the video there, the intro video, and check it out. See if you're interested. Uh, Listen, I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.